0: Welcome to DAMN, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses. My name is Doug, and these are my acute mental neuroses. Yeah, we're at 151, obligatory 151 reference. Glug, 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 that's all I got for an obligatory 151 reference. Uh, so anyway, um, this is going to be one of those episodes where I talk kind of fast. I'm sorry, i not great at time management today, and i got to slam through this to get some other stuff done, so I can kind of return to my schedule at normal. So I'm sorry um, if I seem to be talking kind of fast. We do have a lot to get through. Uh, some of it anxious, some of it neurotic, a lot of it damn. Last week uh, I talked about how my dad haunts me um, and how that's changed. I haven't done a lot of introspective soul spelunking on that one, but I thought of it literally as I was getting my computer out to record this and I thought, you know. I don't hear my dad's voice in my head anymore. I don't hear him judging. I don't hear him making snide comments. I don't hear his voice when I say a joke that I think he would say. Um, I only hear myself. So I think I've done a pretty good job at, you know, um, grieving that emotional loss. And I talked about that probably months and months ago about how, and if you're a new listener, uh, which we'll get into later, You know, my dad basically emotionally abandoned me, uh, abandoned me, abandoned, didn't matter. He uh, pretty much fucked off uh, when I was 17. Um, He didn't like up and leave, like went out for cigarettes and didn't come back. But basically when I started driving, when I was like 16, 17, he's like, we got a car. You don't have to like hang out here anymore. Like, you know, you can just go live your own life and you know, I can just live my own life. And I'm going at 16, 17, you're like. Yeah, like oh, I'm gonna go, you know. I I don't have to waste my weekends hanging out with my dad, like, I can just go out and meet girls, which I didn't. But in hindsight, you know, I recognized that it was effectively emotional abandonment, and you know, he didn't give a shit. So, and I had to emotionally grieve that literally over 10 years later, um, because it was screwing me up really bad. So, I wanted to talk about, like I said, a little bit about how my dad haunts me now. I don't hear his voice in my head, which I did talk about in therapy where like there were times where like I would say something, I'd go, that sounds like him. Or I'd say a joke and I'd be like, that sounds like something he would say. Or I could hear him like mocking my creative endeavors, which this show was one of them. And I could hear him doing that. And, um, and when I talked to him on the phone, rarely as that was, you know, he go, it it seems so condescending, um, asshole that he was, It, it seemed very judgmental. And it, took away from what I was doing creatively, which that's not right. That's not right on a human level. That's not right on a parent level. If my daughter was doing something creative, I would never say what she was doing was bad um, ever. Um, I would encourage her and I, I would support her. I mean, that's that's what parents do, unless you're my dad. So the fact that I don't hear his voice in my head anymore um, in a weird fight club, Heckling uh, heckle jide, Jekyll and Hyde kind of way, um, is really cool, um, Mr. Robot would be a more apt uh, metaphor, actually, the fact that I don't hear my dad anymore shows that I've done the emotional grieving, I've moved on, and he no longer holds me down like a stake would hold down a tent in a windstorm, is the only metaphor I can think of that accurately describes what I'm feeling. You know, I think I'm I'm allowed to buffet about in the winds of of creativity and my own drive, um, without him, you know, holding me down like a stake through the tent. If that wasn't clear, I, I really wanted, like I said, like kind of wanted to bring some closure to that topic that I brought up last week. Next, a really fun thing that's happening for the network that did cause some anxiety, uh, not not neurotic anxiety, but definitely anxiety. Uh we got word that we've got press passes for NDK, uh Nandaisu con, which is Denver's biggest, premierest uh it's not a word, uh biggest premierist, gonna say it anyway, uh cosplay and anime convention. It was the first con we covered uh last year when we decided to cover cons or conventions and uh we had a bl- absolute blast. The joke is I made a new best friend with Talison Jaffe. But we're back. We're gonna be back. At NDK this week, or this week, uh, this year, uh, in September. At the time of recording, uh, scant, almost, what, two and a half weeks away, like, it's, ooh. Um, so we're getting ready. We're looking at, um, the guests we want to interview, they have the voice of Vash the Stampede from Trigun, which is one of my favorite animes, and I really want to get to talk to him. um, and when I say talk, I mean gush, I mean fanboy, like, uh, Deb and Lizzie are gonna have to hold me back from humping his leg. And I know Lizzie listens to this, and I'm going to say that's probably accurate. No hyperbole there, unfortunately. Um, there are a few others uh, that, that are looking really good. But the thing that really kind of kicked some anxiety with me was that last year, my niece, who we offered one of our press passes for, and she could intern for us, and I think I poorly communicated. I think we, as a, as the CEOs, did didn't know what to expect. And I think we went, okay, here's... A to Z, what we expect, and really what we needed was A to B, A to C. I mean, it wasn't even the entire alphabet. But I think that she felt overwhelmed and bowed out, which would be fine. Um, but she didn't properly communicate it uh, in a timely manner and then dropped out the day before the con, leaving us in a bit of a lurch, or so we thought. Everything ended fine. I had to bring up to the CEOs again this year, do we want to offer Kat a second chance, my niece Cat. Lizzie went... I'm going to go with no, but talk to Deb and see what she thinks. And I I talked to Lizzie and said, I can play devil's advocate. I believe in second chances, but I also believe that you have to, you know, take the consequences of your actions, and this is a consequence of the actions. You flaked out really bad last year, and you're not going to be offered the opportunity this year. She's old enough. She should be able to understand that adult concept of consequence and actions. I went to Deb. Deb, with maybe half a breath, went, no, absolutely not. I think Deb's a hard person across. She did she actually surprised me and said, maybe next year, maybe when the wound is not so fresh and the memory's not so fresh. And, you know, she's grown up a bit and can really appreciate the consequences of her actions. And I went, I completely agree with you, playing devil's advocate that I talked to Lizzie about. So it, it was a little heartbreaking that I had to email her and say, or, or message her and say, I'm sorry, but we're not offering any extra passes this year. It's the end-all, be-all. When I see her in person, I will explain to her that, you know, these are the consequences of your actions. And the people that I defer to, um, I could have trumped them. I honestly, based on our uh, the, the articles of whatever we've got um, filed with the state, I could have trumped them and said, I'm majority. She will be the fourth person at NDK with us. But that's not fair to Kat. She doesn't get to learn a life lesson. Two, it's not fair to Deb and Lizzie. I really shouldn't pull that when they're both saying no and they have a point. So, you know, it was it, it was hard. Um, I, I felt really bad, but, you know, she did it to herself, and that's just, like I said, the end-all be-all of it, and when I talk to her in person, and, you know, within probably the next week, because I need to touch base with her dad, you know, I'll explain to her and say, this is the deal, and we're going to give it to someone else if that other person wants, and if they don't want it, then it goes by the wayside, um, and that's fine. But, you know, it, it was really nerve-wracking to to have to have these, not only send that email, but like, or, or message, to, but to, to bring it up with Deb and Lizzie where I'm going, she's my niece. I obviously have a personal stake in it. I want her to be happy. I want her to have fun. I want her to go, but she fucked up. And, you know, I, I take that on. Um, very, um, you know, uh, saintly, um, that, you know, I don't want to hurt her feelings and say, look, this is, you know, what we've said. We as a committee have said no. Um, But she needs to, like I said, understand the consequences of her actions, and that's what's happening. And I feel comfortable talking to her about that in that regard. That was was a little rough. Kind of a a dark cloud with a silver lining um, in terms of uh, NDK. I mentioned earlier, if you're a new listener, uh, we've had a massive uptick for BAC BACN, the Blood Alcohol Content Network, if you hear me at the very end with my tag. This show kickstarted it. It's bizarre. Uh, we started seeing an uptick in our uh, social views, uh, which I talked to Lizzie about, and then um, Damn has taken off like a rocket, which is bizarre because we originally started this show not as anything anyone would listen to. Not because I'm boring or not funny or interesting. I'm not saying that at all. Far from it, in fact, because I have an ego. No, that like this was just simply a show for me to talk about what was bothering me and whether it be my dad or talking to the niece or how Smurfs reproduce, which now I'm going with fungal. I think maybe fungal parasite might be the more apt the way that they, you know, I'm not going to get into it. Maybe I'll touch on it next week. You know, how Godzilla reproduces, that was another big one. But anyway, um, I think a lot about how fictional things fuck. There's been a massive uptick, and while very fun um, and exciting, a little scary. I feel a bit of pressure to kind of be on all the time, and that's not going to happen, especially not on this show. There are going to be times I'm running low on energy, um, I'm trying to get stuff done, or something emotionally drains me that I talk about it. There was one... About uh, about the time the uh, shooting the gap on on hiatus that I talked about the falling out with a friend. And um, I got really down and, and just kind of lost momentum because it just dragged me down emotionally. But I'm so glad that, you know, there's aspects of the network like really taking off. It gives us a great opportunity and I want to thank you all. I'm not allowed to, to call you what I call you uh, because it works better in print than in uh, voice. But the BACN fans, thank you, thank you very much. Um, this huge uptick has reinvigorated uh, me and Lizzie and Deb. So I do want to thank you. Thank you for making this network great. I'm not going to thank myself because it's not me doing it. It's it's you guys, you gals, you folks, y'all. Uh, however you want to look at it, it's it's you. Um, and I want to thank you very much. Seriously, from, from the bottom of my little cold, black, Mr. cart. Um that's like, um, and pumping, you know, the, the the venom that fuels this show uh, through my veins. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I was going to talk about getting shit totally done, um, knocking at a lot of stuff on the do-do list, but you know what? There you go. That's all I really have to say about that. I want to leave you guys with this. You guys ever want to make yourself really paranoid? Be on the phone. This is a true story. This happened, I believe, yesterday. Being on the phone when you have a pen in your hand, and then your head itches, uh, as mine does, and yours probably as well. You're human, you have head itchies. And I scratched my head with a pen, and then halfway through scratching my head with a pen, I went, shit. Is that the back of the pen, or the tip of the pen without the cap on? Nothing really makes him more paranoid all of a sudden. Then wondering if you've accidentally drawn a dick on your own head. And I was talking to Deb on the phone. And she goes, how do you know it's a dick? And I went, because it's me. So I've, of course, accidentally draw a dick on my head. Like the when the Mars rover, quote unquote, accidentally drew a dick on Mars. Imagine the pen is the rover and my head is Mars. This is getting weird. But, yeah, I honestly thought I had drawn... Something on my head. Was it a dick? I don't know. Was it something Dolly-esque? Uh, maybe a melting clock? Or or something, uh, even uh, Jackson Pollock, which would be fine. Uh, but my point was that I was really when I just dropped a bunch of shit on my head. And Deb was on the phone with me going, Oh my God. And I'm like going, I'm, I'm talking about this whole sudden existential dread that's filled me. Well, I... I, I slowly pull back the pen and go, oh, thank God, it was the back of the pen. I had done no damage whatsoever, um, aesthetically. And she goes, are we recording an episode of Dam right now? And I went, well, that's going to be on the list. So really, I want to leave you with, always be careful when you scratch your head with a pen, or you're going to give yourself some acute mental neuroses. See how I segued that? So smooth. So from Damn. Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, I'm Doug, and from damn Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, these have actually been my acute mental neuroses. Good night, Internet. Oh, yeah. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. For more information, visit www.bacnpodcast.com. Your home for almost bacon and banjo!